1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
0: Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today, starting running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. Austin Eckler joins the show, so buckle up. Get excited, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back.
1: We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about Practice! What?
2: Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler.
1: Rebound, box,
2: back out to Adam. History, final, back, tie game. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. <laughs> He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded.
0: Maybe It's the charity straw. I pitch your free throws, cause they're furry. So 302 coming hot at you guys, then so 301. And I'm joined on this one by Alex. Toss me the rock, Tessopolis, Nicky Snacks, Kreider, and of course, as you heard and you'll hear again, running back Austin Eckler for an awesome show. But before we can get into all the good stuff, we got to remind you that we're brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Who can forget one of our all-time favorite sponsors, betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag. Super Bowl coming up. Basketball is in the season. Baseball is right around the corner. March Madness is just now a month and a half away. So go to betonline.ag. Place bets for tomorrow. Place bets for the future. Place bets for parlays. Anything. What color is the Gatorade going to be? How long is the national anthem? Throw down on whatever you want on betonline.ag. Go there now and get excited, because without further ado, here is the Charity Stripe interview with Austin Eckler. Enjoy. All right, guys, you heard in an hour introduction, we have starting running back for the Los Angeles Chargers, Austin Eckler, joining the show today. Austin, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Totally, brother. Well, it was a wild weekend in the NFL. Super Bowl matchup is set. Super Bowl's in two weeks now. But the big thing on Super Bowl Sunday for you is gridiron gaming. You are now notoriously the biggest gamer in the NFL and could be challenging Gordon Hayward for the biggest gamer amongst athletes. I need to know how you got into your love of gaming. I need to know what gridiron gaming is and kind of like the stigma. We grew up like if you were playing video games inside, you weren't athletic. The two couldn't go (laughs) hand in hand. But now here I am, my fat ass isn't playing any video games, and then you're playing video games and you're in the NFL. So with, where's, where does it go?
2: Right. I think it just you know, it was a part of just my life growing up. Um, I just always played video games here and there. And then uh, as I got older, and you know, started watching more of the Twitch platform, uh, which is where you see a lot of you know, gamers streaming live what they're doing for their content. Um, I started watching that and you know, I started watching people play competitively, and I'm a very competitive person. And it kind of just, it drove me to want to start my own Twitch stream. Um, and also on top of that, uh, COVID was, you know, keeping everyone yeah. inside. And so I right. also wanted, it made me want to connect with my community. And that was a way that I could do it through live streaming on Twitch. And yeah, I always played video games just growing up. And then, you know, I was like, like, look at all these opportunities that I'm getting through streaming and Twitch. And I was like, other guys can do this too. And so that's why I started Groot Gaming Group to kind of help facilitate those connections and bring uh, more guys together so we can, you know, be strengthened numbers and help grow our communities and bring in, uh, you know, paid advertisements and help our brands grow together. And so, yes, on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to have the Twitch. Uh, we're going to have a Twitch stream. It's going to be GGG's first event. It's going to be a big streamer event. Uh, we're going to have over like probably $3,000 worth of giveaways um, and various different items. It'll be very interactive with the rest of my group. Um, And it'll just be a good time hanging out and, you know, watching us compete for challenges so we can win uh, some prizes for our
0: viewers. That's awesome. And you speak, you speak of your brand as an undrafted guy. A few years later, did you ever imagine like that would be something that you're at the forefront of growing a brand with other players following you?
2: Uh, I, no, it wasn't, it wasn't on my mind at all. When I was first in the building, the only thing on my mind that I could ever think of was make this freaking team. Um, right. and I literally, I put everything aside. I told my family, don't don't talk to me. Let me just focus. And I yeah. was laser focused on what I wanted to do. So I just want to make sure I wasn't in the situation where I was like, dang, man, what if I would have done this? So I, I put everything out there and you can, you can go back, you can watch like my, uh, my interviews after the preseason games by rookie year. And that's exactly what I did. I, even those interviews, I'm like, I, I left everything out there, and now it's just see where the chips fall.
0: Yeah,
3: totally, man. I, mean, 100%. I definitely think, like, you know, with the gaming in the community, it's kind of rewritten the narrative for athletes, right? Like, back in the day, like we said, like, you know, you couldn't do both. You couldn't game, and you couldn't, you know, be in shape and be a great athlete. But, you know, all these guys have these platforms now that you see – on Twitch and also through social media, I also kind of feels like it, it helps guys stay out of trouble, probably. They don't, they're not going out as much, going to clubs, you know, doing stupid stuff. I mean, yeah. being able to kind of use this platform to stay in and kind of decompress at the same time, you know, like it's an yeah. outside world.
2: Yeah. How I see it, it's like, you know, there's the stigma around gaming. I feel like earlier in the earlier generations, um, that my parents, when I was younger, were like, yeah, you're just being lazy, you know, you're, you know, you're, right. not, you're not motivated to go do stuff, you're just hanging out playing video games. But now, as I am in a competitive like nature and that's just my field, I feel like it's just a way for me to be competitive and I've done a good job with these games and making it super competitive. And I think now that the that younger generation is growing up, it's becoming more relevant in you know today's society as far as the streaming is the gaming. And so the the younger generation that grew up with that is becoming older. And so now it's coming more mainstream. That's and you're a big League of Legends guy, right? Huge League of Legends, yeah. Yeah, nice. for
1: sure. I feel like that's what actually
2: got me on Twitch because
1: I, I was just gonna say I feel like in in gaming this might be this might be a stretch of a kind of a parallel here but it's like now there's a lot of games where it's it's problem solving right and it's working in a team and it's it's figuring out your role which of course we know for, for any sport is really really important and it's just kind of like exactly. defining that and, and fitting in and working for the, the common goal the win.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's, that's exactly what League of Legends is because, you know, that's my game. It, it's 5v5 and you can't control anyone else. You got to try to do your role and, you know, contribute your part to the team to try to get a win. Right, that's right. what makes it super competitive.
3: We're all, uh, I think we're all the same age. We're all 25, 26. Um, yeah. For us, it was like COD all the time in high mm-hmm. school. Hop in a party, search and destroy, 5v5, 6v6. Yeah.
2: Same thing for you? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm still on COD. I, pl- I play anything. I play everything with the community. So, yeah.
1: Do you feel like now it. that you're on Twitch, do you feel like you need to try new games as they come out? And and with that, are you afraid to kind of stream before you really try to game out?
2: So I actually didn't start streaming to play games. I started streaming to connect with my community. Right. And so I play whatever the community wants to play. If they want to run some Fortnite, we are running Fortnite. They want to play Call of Duty, Call of Duty, League of Le- anything. You know, we're playing these party games. We'll play Uno. Like, we'll do whatever. And so... <laughs> Knowing that, like I'm not like specifically playing one game and do they just watch me play one game. So I'm not really, really good at one game. So I go into it I already knowing they already know I'm not going to be good at this game. But it's, I'm more of a facilitator just to have them have the experience um, right. of just like playing with us, playing with a positive community. That's what I'm always uh, preaching in my community. It's like nothing but positive vibes. If you're not being positive or saying positive things, you get banned. I've like, right. zero tolerance for it. So it's just a community that's just, you know, we're here to have a good time and that's it.
3: I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like the hierarchy goes – personality first then gaming skills like if you All have right. the personality like it'll speak for itself and you'll All just right. have fun with your with your you know community
2: exactly yeah if you, i mean if you're not insanely good at a game then yeah, you better have some personality. <laughs> and some exactly. You got to have some Damn. entertainment factor to you. That's right. can I'll be ninja. ninja. Yeah, we, right.
0: we play, right. in our house, we play Super Smash Brothers for like chores and mm. everything. So the loser, and yeah. I take out the trash all the time. But I have a couple <laughs> of cool, I have, I have some jokes here and there. So that's, I guess, why they keep me around. So no one has to take out the trash. Right. You, you bring go. up community. Have you always had such a strong sense of community? Even like in, you know, not in the gaming world, because you have the Austin Eckler Foundation where you're involved in like a mm. Santa Barbara high school. And you're right, are you, you're I not think, even from there, right? You're from Colorado. So have you always yeah. like had a strong sense of like adapting to a community?
2: Um, I think as I've gotten older in the league, which sounds weird to say because I've been here for four years now, but I'm the oldest guy in my room. <laughs> um, seems <laughs> like I just got here. It's crazy. Just, We're all right. In. It just it just feels like you know. As I've gotten older, I've really seen the importance of a brand and capturing some of the platform that I'm I'm on with the NFL because I'm I'll never have a platform as big as the NFL like yeah. it's one of the biggest platforms in the entire world, and so it's like it's for me I've seen it's like I've taken upon myself to capture some of this by giving some some off field like purpose and like quality to the community like give them something that they're going to want to follow you off the, off the field and out of the platform. So I'm trying to capture that and basically take in some of the platforms. And so when I transition out of it, then I can still have my brand and still go on with things that I'm really interested in. And I think that's something that, you know, younger players, you know, you can't really focus on that. You just don't, you don't, don't really do it because you're focused on just playing. And now I've gotten older now I'm seeing like, wow, this is actually a really cool opportunity even outside of football that I can take advantage of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the focus level like you just mentioned, changes from your rookie year to now. How is your perception of like touches changed? Because when you were a rookie, you any touch was a good touch. Now we're talking. You almost right. caught a thousand yards last year, year and a half ago. So it's right. how has that changed for you?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's mainly just like how can I be the most productive, but also you cannot pound me into the ground. Like I'm five eight, like 190 pounds. Like you have to be careful with me. Um, it's just if you get my touches up there, I, I'm probably likely going to get hurt. Um, you know, it's just the nature of the game. You know, I never think I'm, oh, I'm going to go out there and get hurt. And the, Like when I go into game mode, I'm like, give me the ball every single time. But they, as a coach, you got to be smart. And, you know, you get to realize like, hey, this is, this is his role. This is what I've done. This is what I've been successful with. And it's been that, that kind of split carry role. And that's allowed me to get through the season, stay healthy and stay efficient the entire season. Um, you know, but yeah, my perception has changed just because back when I was playing special teams, I was crashing, sc- clawing just to get on the offensive side, like get me in there. And now it's like, now I'm in a role where it's like, Hey, okay, I'm in there, but you better be careful with me coach. I te- I tell my coach, like, I- I'm a realist. I'm a realist. Like I-, I get it. You want me in there every single play. Maybe you don't, maybe it's situational things like that. But I tell my coach, like, don't, don't break me because if <laughs> my right. body is not like, I'm not Derek Henry built, like we all, they're not built like that. <laughs> yeah. Know?
0: I, mean, I, don't think, yeah, you I, mentioned, I don't think anybody is really. He's insane. He's ridiculous.
2: Insane.
3: You mentioned, you know, you talked about how, you know, it changed when you were an undrafted rookie, you know, trying to just make the team and be laser focused. And obviously you had an injury last year that kept you off the field for a little bit. How have your goals changed since then? I mean, I'm sure you have different goals every year, but I mean, from making the team till, to becoming the starting running back, now you're coming off a season where you missed some time. What are your goals for the next season?
2: Yeah. My goals have actually been the same every single season and I've set it up that way so I can come with the same mindset and be more of a routine, but it's always been build off of the last season, try to be more efficient, build off your game and, you know, increase your role. Um, And so I definitely, I feel like I even did that last year just because my role was more of the starting role. Um, And that's more than it was the year before that, when I was splitting with Melvin, you know, for the back half of the season. Right. And so now, I'm looking to increase on that, what I did last year. But now it's like, okay, now I need to stay healthy, make it through the entire season and continue to keep that you know high-level high play that I had in the beginning of the season for the rest and throughout. And so it's the same, same mindset, same mentality. And that's, that's what I take into every single thing that I'm involved in. Um, whether it be my foundation, ground game, people like, let's let's keep building, keep building, and it doesn't have to be you know astronomical jumps. It could just be like, a, okay, we were just a little bit more efficient in this category, or we had one more sponsor for this, or you know, we sold more merch this month because of this, and more incentives, just right. just ways to just increase, just continue to still build and progress, and that's what keeps me sane because uh, I sh- I learned something about myself in COVID. Like when I didn't have really much going on, I was just sitting around. I'm just like. I, w- I just started going crazy. I was like, what is happening right now? Because yeah, like, you're not nothing, the only there's nothing one. Happening. Yeah, like I need to do something, and so I had, I went out and started all doing all this stuff, and that's why I learned a lot about myself. And I just need to continue to progress to keep my sanity.
3: <laughs> right. I was. I think the competitors and all of us are never satisfied at the end. Right. You know, we always want to strive for greatness and kind of keep building off of you know what we did in the past.
0: Right. And speaking of building, yeah. the, there's a kid number ten, a quarterback for you guys yes indeed were you were you surprised because i know like i think we all had good faith in herbert but it's a rookie like you can't imagine Mm -hmm. that a guy is going to come in and now all of a sudden he's like whoa is this a top 10 quarterback in the league were you surprised from what you saw out of him this season and where do you think things could go with the new head coach now
2: yeah i absolutely think i was was surprised i think a lot of people were surprised too because you gotta think like we didn't have any preseason. we just had training camp and he had one game where he sat on the bench and then the next game he was in, you know, so he, he had no game experience, zero game experience and then went in there and killed it and then literally just forced his way into the starting role. Uh, I don't think anyone really saw that coming. Um, you know, I think we're, we're dependent on Tyra to, you know, carry for a couple games and then see what happens. But um, yeah, he ended up getting in there and it was killing it and it was made the decision for coach like, hey, you can't take me out if I'm playing at this level. And he continued to keep on that and build on that too. Just seeing him develop was pretty cool. Just as far as like when he started until when I got hurt and came back, just seeing the difference that, you know, that time made for him as far as like changing the call, seeing protections. Um,
1: Getting just, the haircut. Uh,
2: completely audible in a way.
1: Getting the, the haircut. haircut.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I won't comment on the hot haircut ever. <laughs> I won't comment on that because I don't know. Uh, I don't know did you that. notice like a change of confidence as the, as the uh, year went on? For yeah, you. for sure. For sure. And I could tell he was confident. Uh, it's kind of funny, because there was one time uh, uh, our OC was telling him the play, and he already knew the play. And he apparently he kept telling him in his ear, and he looks to the sideline and screams, I know! <laughs> and I was like, okay, there you go. I like to see that. Like, you got it. You got it down. You know what you're doing. You know the plays. You know the audibles. You know the checks. Like, that's what I like to see, a little fire in you. Uh, because when you get that confident and you can tell the coach like, i know what i'm doing and like yeah let's go you, you're on your top of your game so i'm looking to see him build more um because it'll just take time it'll just take time to you know learn the defenses and you know what they're doing he still made you know some rookie mistakes which is to be expected but yeah um i think he's going to be uh he's going to be great going forward
3: yeah i mean he's yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see that. come we'll see come uh, we'll see come two weeks from now he might uh be having some um hardware
2: yeah, hey, home. yeah. I mean, if anyone else beats him, then pff, they must have had a killer season. I know there's that receiver, but I don't know. This might have been the best. Well, it probably was the best. Uh, oh, yeah, he set all these had.
3: records. I mean, he set yeah. a bunch
2: of rookie records for a quarterback. Right. I mean, shattered right. him too. Right. And so when you're breaking records, it's different than just having a good season.
0: That is, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that is true. Um, coaches. There's going to be new coaches in the building. Anthony Lynn's a running back guy. He's going to Detroit. What was the most important thing you learned from Coach Lynn? now that he's moving on, your biggest takeaway from him?
2: Biggest takeaway, um, I think it was more so a, a business takeaway, um, kind of just like a mentality thing that I learned from him. And it was it was kind of like a, when you come into a situation, this is what he did really well. He established himself, set his rules, set his mentality of the team. Um, he did that first, and I thought that was really important because he came in, set the tone, this is what I want, this is what I'm expecting, and he kept that in this entire time. Um, and so I think I learned that if you ever go into a situation, make sure you set the tone. Maybe you gotta be a little bit ha- more harsh in the beginning, just so everyone knows what you're about. And then you can kind of relax. And once the culture starts you know, fulfilling through your, your employees or through your team, um, and then you can let them implement that stuff. And I think that's what I learned. It's just on a, It was a kind of a deeper level of thinking that I guess I've never just been exposed to, um, but it, it, was, it was pretty special being around him, just his, his knowledge of the game. And especially with the running backs, we were, I was always, every time he came into the room, I was just like, all right, I got to be laser focused here because I know he's going to ask me some question. I'm not going to know the answer to it. And I got to answer this one right this time. Uh, He would just always keep you on your toes. And so I I like that, that demeanor about him.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a former back and a running backs coach. I mean, he's definitely, he definitely puts a lot more responsibility on the backs. I feel like than other positions on the team. I mean, you saw like in hard knocks last season where he just spent so much time with you guys, you know, like mm-hmm. when you guys were doing like the, uh, like the leapfrog drills where you're trying to, like right, win right. That competition. <laughs> that was awesome.
2: Right. He's always had a, has a little presence, you know, he's got he's his hand caught. in a cookie drawer in the running back room um, <laughs> just because, you know, that's where his, his expertise is. And so, yeah, he's definitely keeping our coaches on their toes as far as what we got going on over there.
0: I totally forgot about hard knocks. It feels like for every yeah. month, it feels like three months. <laughs> How was that? Was that process invasive or was it like fun?
2: It wasn't invasive at all, actually. Like it, it didn't really even seem anything abnormal just because that was like the only media around. You know, usually there's media everywhere. And so there was no media besides them. So it was like, ah oh, yeah. And every once in a while you'd be mic'd up. But other than that, they probably was, kept their distance too. <laughs> yeah, every yeah, they had to, yeah. And so so it, it didn't it wasn't even any bother and some nuisance.
3: And yeah, now- I feel like most, most seasons it would have been a big distraction, but yeah. you know, different circumstances this season. Mm-hmm.
1: And now we've got a new head coach. We've got Brandon Staley, new head coach mm-hmm. of the, the LA Chargers, a defensive-minded guy. So has there been any communication with him in the running back room, with you in particular, and anything? I know he's just, you know, he's finding his foot, obviously, as a head coach, or any yeah. of that kind of leadership communication like you're talking about with Coach Lynn?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, he just called me just to just talk about just life and just introduce himself, which I thought was big. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate him for that. Um, just to, We didn't even talk about football. We talked about football like probably 5% of our conversation, but we were just talking about you know, just him, you know, and he talked about that defensive mindset where everyone thinks he's a defensive mindset because he was a defensive coordinator. Um, so it's like, that's not necessarily true. Like, you know, right. used to like uh, what do you play like, quarterback? I think. Um, mm-hmm. Or some offensive position, but yeah, he was just telling me about how, yeah, I'll, I'll get caught up in that and he's going to set the tone for sure. But he's looking for you know us to have some leadership as well, which, you know, I agree. Uh, we lost a lot of our leaders last year. Um, and He was just talking about how he wants to build the relationships and, you know, then the leadership will start from that. And I 100% agree. If you don't respect the people that you're playing with or you're around, then you're not going to follow them. Um, so I, I was really, really actually surprised to hear the call. Like if some random number called me and just like, hey, <laughs> I was like, oh, what's up, man? Uh, you no, know, Put a big smile on my face. Like, yeah, this guy freaking cares about us. I love that. Uh, yeah. Would have been wild if he, had fa- them-
1: if he had FaceTimed you. That would have been nuts time me? Yeah. yeah. The next level.
2: <laughs> That'd have been next level. What's up?
1: <laughs> like, You're you, you preparing for the
0: next season. It's like, oh, I'm on League of Legends right now, coach. I can't do this. Right, what coach? See. I got to set up in the corner. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, That's man. great. Uh, when did you find your voice as a leader in the locker room, or have you really come to that yet?
2: Mm. I do I feel like I, I don't know, it's different. My, cause my demeanor, I'm always a high energy guy. I'm always talking. I'm always working as hard as I can and just, just chirping on the field. And even, especially in the weight room too. Um, And every year I talk to the rookies just kind of about my upbringing and what I did to get through it. Um, And so I would, yeah, I was kind of go to like, I took the stairs, you know, but it doesn't matter how you get here. It matters what you do when you get here. Um, So I give. I don't know. So I don't, my leadership role, I don't know if it's like. It's kind of like towards the younger guys mainly. Um, I don't know if I have all the respect to the older guys Yeah, I think I do, but maybe not in a leadership role right. yet.
3: Because mm-hmm. Do you I, think a lot I of the
2: know, uh, undrafted guys gravitate towards you? One hundred percent. Maybe not towards me, like my personality, but towards my story and the way that I've made it up and gotten to my second contract. Absolutely, kind of gives them. You know, it's just another example of like, yeah, you can do this. You know, like right. it's possible. It's not. It's not crazy to you know make the teams undrafted, especially with the Chargers. I think they've been like one of the
3: teams that's signed the most undrafted guys. Yeah. Has is just great at finding those hidden gems, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. He, really is. Sure. he really is. You you talked about, you know, being a leader in the weight room, and I know that fitness is something that's really important for you. Is that always been the case? I mean, you mentioned, right, you're, you're our age. We're all 25, 26, and with that and being running back in the NFL, there's kind of a ticking clock, so it seems for a lot of guys – we know that that can be shattered. Obviously, there's a lot of guys that have been really efficient later in their careers. Look at Raheem Mostert, who got, you know, he got a chance to finally do it. was last year; he was 28, and, yeah. and look what he's mm-hmm. become for the for the 49ers. So, has that been amplified? Just kind of the importance of of physicality, working out, being in the weight room to help with longevity.
2: Uh, I don't think it's necessarily just the actual physical like process, I think it's more so the mindset of how people see I'm going to work and how I, you know, hold myself. Um, yeah, absolutely. I get after in the weight room, people like, damn, bro. Like, (laughs) damn. (laughs) And they just see me work hard. I think that's more important than actually like being a crazy guy in the weight room that's doing all this weight and stuff like that. They just see how I approach things. Um, and I do, that's how I do. I approach the mindset like, Hey, I got to build on this. And so I'm going in super competitive focused, and I'm trying to be the best I can be in this instant. And I think that's more contagious than actually, you know, just being that you know, rah rah guy in the, in the weight room. And so, yeah.
0: You speak of mindset, and we watched uh, Coach Dan Campbell of the Lions. Um, second time I brought up the Lions, I guess because Coach Lynn, not a Lions fan. But uh, the, we saw Dan Campbell's uh, interview. You talk about mindset and power of positivity, and you talk about mindset a lot. How prevalent is mental health discussion in the NFL nowadays?
2: oof probably not as prevalent as it should be um especially this last year because it was just such a strange year yeah um, it's more so i feel like for the rookies it's more so uh, the chat you know just you're coming into this situation there's going to be a lot of new experiences a lot of new people reaching out to you and so you got to be able to be prepared um and that's where they do that in like rookie seminars and talk about mental health and stuff like that and so actually after after that it's about it's on you honestly mm-hmm. um and so whether that's right or wrong or indifferent, I don't know. But I, I know, like you said, yeah, I always, even in my streams, I'm always positive vibes, like mental health, like let's continue to stay positive. Even even in times where stuff sucks, like how? what do I learn from this situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I take COVID, for example, like it's a terrible situation, you know, across the entire globe. But it's like, okay, what did I learn about myself and how can I push forward and how can I help other people as well? Um, and it just helps even just being in positive vibes and being like just a good mental health going forward for an example for people like my family my little brother um things like that and yeah i don't know i, I always i'm always preaching because i always like i i volunteer to talk to the rookies um because i want to tell them about my journey and just how i got here and how i was focused and how i was just you know staying in the right mind uh it's super important it's super important in life and life in general not just football because you know if if you have positive mindsets, you know, you, you can feel that source of fulfillment and you can continue to progress forward. But if you're always down, you feel like you're almost stuck in a way.
3: Yeah. Right. You, you bring up, you know, trying to find something positive out of COVID. And it seems like, you know, being a content creator has definitely kind of come to the forefront of, of your experience, you know, with you starting the foundation, with you Twitch streaming. Um, I even saw that, you know, you, you did some like some workout plans for people as well. Um, on your social media and stuff like that. Is that something that you want to continue to do life after football, just be a content creator, um, you know, getting out there in the media, perhaps?
2: Uh, yeah, I would say a content, but I, I don't want to be like the typical just content creator. Oh, well,
3: yeah, not like not like Jake and
2: Logan Paul. But like, like I'm making, like, yeah, vlogs. I'm doing crazy stuff just to get attention. But boxing. I want my content.
1: Right, right. I'm
2: just fighting people now <laughs> just for, <laughs> I know, hey, I mean, they did a good job promoting themselves. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to take that away from them. That's not the content that I want. It works for them. But my, I want my content to always be like value of someone's life more than entertainment. Like they're getting some like learning experience or some actual value out of it with them, like you're actually helping that individual or people or group or community. And so I want it to be uh, just really impactful on the world and kind of leave like a wake um, as I continue to create
0: content. Who's been your biggest role model in that mindset? Who's been like a big influence on you?
2: Hmm. I I don't know if it's been like a role model, but more so just uh, maybe just learning from my past. Uh, I think I just came from a situation where I was trying to get out of a situation and better myself. Yeah. And it kind of just became my mental just to help other people that might be in a similar situation to that, to have a, you know, more opportunity and just resources that can help them get out of that situation. If they choose to, you know, set their mind to that.
0: Mm -hmm. You walk into the chargers organization and when you came in, there's a guy whose Jersey will be retired and he called it, he hung it up this year. How big was Philip Rivers for you?
2: Philip was, he was just monumental in my career. Like this man helped me jumpstart my career, not only because of, you know, him being a good player, but just him just being a good person. Yeah. Um, just being willing to help me out on the field. Um, just because like the game moves so fast for a rookie, but when you have a guy who's had his experience and has, you know, just his knowledge of the game. He can, he literally would tell me, Hey, do this, do this, do this, my rookie year. And I would, sometimes I would know a majority of the time, I would know what I had to do, but it was just him reassuring me. And I was like, okay, yeah, now I can just play full speed and go do that. And then also just his play style obviously helped me out too, because I'm a receiving back. And it's like, okay, if no one's open, where's Austin throw the ball. (laughs) And that allowed, that allowed me to, you know, show that I have some skills that can be implemented on the offense. And that allowed me to have light to my name, you know, get more of a role. And then eventually come, you know, the starter for the Chargers. And so, you know, he, he will always be a part of my journey. Um, he will always be a legend to me for sure. And just in our community out here in L.A. too. you yeah. got
3: to have a funny story about him. Tell me your, your funniest silver. Rivers.
2: <laughs> There's a couple, man. Like, okay, so my rookie year, um, we were playing the Jags. I, for whatever instance, this is both these stories against the Jags but he's like he's like scrambling out to the right if you ever seen philip scrambling i mean it's he needs help like someone <laughs> get so someone get open yeah. and so i'm like in the flat and there's a guy in between or there's a guy right behind me and he's running towards me on the sideline i'm like standing on the sideline and he's running he's running i'm like trying to like get open and then he's like keeps running at me and he like goes to fake tuck it so i'm like oh all right he's gonna run it and so i turn around and start blocking my guy and he just Chucks it at my feet and yells,
0: Austin, I'm not gonna run the ball. And I was, I
2: was just thinking, I was like, Oh, yeah, I was like, Oh, yeah, you're probably right. I should have known that you're not a runner. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one was, uh, there's a clips all over. It's one of his, like, probably one of his most popular clips is when uh, we were playing the Jacks and he threw a little screen to me and I took it 90 yards and he. The defender helps him up because he like oh, yeah, it yeah. was like blitz zero. The defender helps him yeah, up, yeah. and I'm I just taking it to the house, and he starts yelling in his ear, ninety yard touchdown, ninety <laughs> yard, and then the ref comes over, and is like get the f out of here, and, and the uh, the defender's like hey man you ain't gotta yell at my ear. He's like I will yell it in your ear. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, cool. and it, people <laughs> yeah. always talk about how he never curses, and that's never, crazy. Never, but he you would
2: not have heard him cuss one time. So vocal and never says it. Once. It's always, it's always personal with him. He's always just personally attacking you.
0: Yeah. Have you always had the receiving skills or is that something you kind of found that you needed to create your niche on the team and then enhance?
2: Uh, I've always just been able to, I guess, catch the ball very well, but I've yeah. never, even in college, I didn't run that many routes. Um, so it just became something that, yeah, I started to develop when I got here. It's like, okay, I can catch the ball. Well, I can run really fast. Like that's a pretty good combination. Now it's like, Hey, not try to work on a few route running. And even then you don't have to really be able to run them in your especially when you're mismatched against a linebacker who's slower than you. you can just run straight and just throw me the ball. And so, yeah, that that helped me out. Honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. Um, it still continues to help me out today. But now I'm focused. Like, okay, I'm gonna be in the slot. I'm gonna be out wide. I'm gonna be running routes from the backfield. So now it's more prevalent in my game when I'm training.
3: Right. When you first got to the organization, did they like show you guys like Danny Woodhead, Darren Sproles, watch some tape on them? Kind the of. All-
2: the only time they show you that is if that plays in this week. So okay, here we're gonna run this route. Here's Danny Woodhead running it one time. All right, ready, break. And that's how fast that's how fast the NFL goes. And then you get one shot at it. you go try it. If you do well, all right, it might get in. If you don't do well or you drop the ball, all right, that's probably not going in.
3: Right. You know? Yeah, so, I can imagine it's a little bit different than the high school film room.
2: It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So that's why you got to be on your stuff all the time. Because if you, literally if you run the if you run the route a little bit different, the OC doesn't like it. It's not going in. And I was going to go to one of the guys what? that are established stuff like that. And so that's why I tell these guys coming in, like, Hey, you, if you guys get on the field, you better know what you're doing. And we have a script every practice. If you see you have a play that they want to see you want a route, you better freaking go out and practice that route before practice. Because if you run it in practice and you don't do a good job, you're not getting it.
0: It's not going in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that is wild. How's your memory developed? <laughs> a lot <laughs> it's a
2: lot but it's like it's like you have to remember things They tell you one time you got to remember it forever like it might be a play that we called back three weeks ago but there's a good look we have the right defense and we're gonna call it today and we haven't ran it in three weeks like oh yeah okay i remember that and you know it's a little hesitation like you would have philip like hey you got this you got this and like oh yeah yeah. now I remember but then boom you just execute it
1: do you do you uh, think like, that this is phil pervers I was just going to say, do you think that like the, the physical like machinations of doing it is what helps you? Like, what are the, do you have any like memory tricks that you use to like, remember these plays, like little like letter things or anything like that? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. There's always like, you try to associate things, um, like it's hard to explain, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but you always it right, right, yeah, right, right and left. Like, right,
1: right. or it's like,
2: or it's like you run a shin or it's a shin route. It's a short end, like things like that.
1: Yeah. You know, like, right. you
2: know, like just little like tricks, like everything, or if you listen to us talk, it's a whole different language. And that's why it takes so long for rookies to come in and get acclimated to that. And especially with a new offensive coordinator, coordinator, it's going to take, you know, some time to, that's why we get two extra weeks just to get the language down. And so we can communicate out there on the field in, the, in our own code.
0: Is that a little yeah. nerve wracking? having a new guy come in to run the offense?
2: Um, It would be if I was younger, but after playing for four yeah. years, it's like I've, see, I've seen, I even watching, I've watched Philip, watching Philip over there. They're using the same calls we were using over here. It's funny. Cause I, like he would be calling protections up out there. And I was like, Oh, I know what they're doing. Like <laughs> that's the same terminology they used over here. So we all run the same thing we just call it different things so it's easy for me because I've been in this for so long to just associate things like oh I remember this because of this play and stuff
3: yeah. Like yeah would you rather see Phil Rivers the, the football coach or Phil
2: Rivers the commentator Life after football
0: Ooh. Oh, yeah. good question
2: dude I, I mean so obviously commentator because then I get to listen to him more yeah. but yeah. as a coach you don't, really, you don't really get to listen to him but I think it would be hilarious to hear him commentate me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I I mean, I, you look at how many kids he has. I imagine that the commentating life might be a little bit easier for him to spend time with his family. But yeah, I don't know. I don't
2: know how extensive that is to commentate.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's but. definitely a guy that knows the game really well. And you see how successful Tony has been, right? Um, and just mm-hmm. how much people are gravitating towards his commentating. I feel like Phil would would do a lot of the same things just with his knowledge of the game. It'd be cool. But It'd be cool to see him Tony. talk about stuff.
2: Tony does have nine kids though. So yeah, that's true. As far that's know, so. we're at, we're at nine. So, Tony's kind of the opposite. We're at, we're at nine right now. Woo. Nine. So uh, he's got he's definitely got his hands full if he wants to uh, his whole yeah. Yeah. Were those jokes made a lot in the locker room about the kids? Uh oh, no, not really. Not no. really. Just kind of just he has a lot of kids. We get it, but <laughs> we get it. But, I don't know. He's also the captain um, among of the, the kind of
0: rookies. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 You don't, you don't poke fun at your captain. Yeah,
0: <laughs> not too much
2: anyway. Not too much. Just yeah. enough to keep him on his toes.
0: Exactly. You keep him on. his right you now. it thrown overboard.
3: Right now in today's NFL,
2: decide yourself, who are your top five running backs? Oh, I hate this question, bro. Because because <laughs> they so there's good there's running backs that are good at different things. I mean, right? There's there's running like Derrick <laughs> like, Henry, for instance, like this man he ran for 2,000 yards but like catching is a different story you know but as right. far as running backs I would say he's the best running back in the league right now this man ran for 2,000 yards had like 20 something plus carries a game and made it the entire season right incredible and then you have like people like Kamara who can do basically all Davin Cook um Chris McCaffrey who's up there as well ended up freaking getting the bug that I got the injury bug um but, yeah, I think there's just – and then I feel like after that, you start to get to people that are like, uh, you're specific in this, like you're better at this, better at right. that. They're still really good running backs. Um, they can do all of it, but they're more so like better one. I was uh, actually really impressed with uh, Mozart too. And but he's freaking get injured too. I feel like a lot yeah. of running backs got injured
0: yeah, I man, know. it's a short camp, and I saw something interesting. Is there like a, a, a separate community? Do you guys reach out to each other? Not like I can't. I can't imagine everyone's talking about it, but I saw. And I know Saquon and Odell kind of come from the Giants family, but they're rehabbing together, and they invited anybody else that tore their ACL to come rehab with them, or hmm. kind of connect. Is there any hmm. kind of chatter with you guys? Like, hey, especially if you have a similar injury to somebody.
2: I, I've never heard of anything like that. No. Um, but I mean, we're all open to each other. Like we're all talking, like, especially when our PA events come in, we're all like, we're all over the team, different teams, chatting, collabing things like that. So, I mean, ultimately we're all on the same side when it comes to like business and injury, things like that, trying to get back on the field and just play. Um, You see that, you know, when we go and train the off season, we train with, you know, all different types of players from different teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the rivalries and like the competitiveness is just like on the field or like within like the fans, like they create that hype. You know, when we're out there, we're just, you know, we're trying to do our best. Absolutely. But it's not because we hate the other team or anything like that. You know, there might be some personal beefs with, you know, a few players or maybe even a team here and there. But other than that, it's like, yeah, we're just trying to do our job and you know, yeah. so keep our career going. For now tomorrow. are
1: you, are you going to be keeping kind of an ear to ear to the ground for the new guys coming into the league who can game? Is that something that you're going to be paying attention to? Because I feel like more and more, like everyone's guys are playing Fortnite, right? As they're growing up, guys are playing all these different games. That the availability to play these games is is way higher than it used to be. Um, right. A lot of them are free. A lot of them are online. A lot of them you don't need a console for. So, right. is that something like you're paying attention to? Like who can come in? Who can game? Who who can I get on the stream with me Absolutely. and have some fun? Yeah
2: absolutely because especially with the younger generation you know they're just growing up in this technology world and so what's technology well it's like social media and video games um and so that's like one of the big parts of it growing up and so i'm definitely always recruiting i would like to have GG be a big community uh, i would like to have it be its own platform like yeah. kind of like the nfl has a platform but, yeah i mean obviously it's not probably not gonna ever be that big but just like a platform that you can come in you get instant hype just because you're part of the team um the sponsors, all that stuff. And then uh you know, you can grow your community through just the platform in general, plus your fans that you brought with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you build your own PC? Are you one of those guys? The- I
2: I am not very yeah technologically sound, but I have people that are and they built me a custom PC. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I had
0: a yeah. roommate one time who I was like, Hey man, what do you what are you doing with that computer? He's like, Oh yeah, I'm just building it. I was like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, Cool Actually, man, yeah. let me go my Mac over there. Right. I got yeah,
2: I got a new graphics card that I need to install. Um, it's the the thirty ninety. It's a beast. It
1: can run some AK on that thing. So I'm excited. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Look that, look look yeah. Yeah, yeah! Look at that Look at that jargon. Look at that jargon you're throwing at. Yeah, look at that. Look at that.
2: So the fans out there, start that's taking out. That's like that's, like, that's like new level yeah.
0: still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple more for you, Austin, and I'll let you rock. Uh, Chargers go to LA. You're a taco guy. We did a little research. We saw that you like some tacos. Is there a taco spot you found in Los Angeles that you dig? <laughs>
2: Um I haven't found a taco spot in Los Angeles, no. Um Leo. actually it was in Vega. What is it? Who, Leo's Leo's,
0: Leo's, Leo's, taco Leo's, Leo's taco,
2: yeah. Leo's? Yeah. It's up in LA. It's or in Orange LA. County.
3: Yeah, it's, it's in LA. They've got a couple of trucks. So like it's not like an actual restaurant, but there's like one on La Brea and like West Hollywood, and there's one on like Sunset as well. Okay. I know you guys are in Orange Leo's. County. But... Leo's
2: all right word.
0: Yeah, I you know yeah. you're in the OC, but if you ever venture on out to the real LA you can go check it out. <laughs> I'm up there every once in a while. Yeah, check it out. Man.
2: Yeah. It's it's good. It's all right. It's delicious. I'm, not, I'm gonna write it down. Yeah. Right down my sticky note. Nothing Videos.
0: nothing better than sharing food notes with everybody. Um, oh, yeah. as you're writing that down, uh, we always ask all our guests the same question. It could be from you playing, watching, anything at all. What is your all time favorite sports memory?
2: All time favorite sports memory.
0: Hmm. My
2: all time favorite sports memory. Are you talking professional or like my own career?
0: Whatever you want. We don't even have to know it existed. Watching as a kid. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, we had like a, a rival in college, Colorado School of Mines, and they were just hot shit. Like no one could touch these kids, and i ended up running for like 300 yards and like five touchdowns against these guys nice. and it, it was like it was like family weekend so like our stadium which is not very big which but it was still packed so it was like big for us um but i just remember like my whole family was there uh, i think it was senior night too like it was senior night family i like everyone was there and so like i just remember crying after that game because it was just an incredible game we ended up winning. i scored like four touchdowns in the last quarter to come back and win the
0: white <laughs> like, four in the fourth
2: oh, yeah four in the fourth yeah like this it's on youtube too i was i go back and watch it man. i still get emotional watching this thing just because like the commentators are even getting emotional like oh there he goes again like <laughs> taking away and uh, i was just tearing him up um that's probably my in my career my favorite moment i'm glad uh-huh. it's captured too i watch it you know probably almost like a couple times a year to go through the game again
0: nice man It'd that's be- awesome yeah watching your old highlights is is sweet. I never go back and watch the plays I was in, but like you know, <laughs> <laughs> unless I'm trying to laugh at myself, but that, that's really awesome. Eckler. For sure. Dude, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, go check out GGG Absolutely. on Sunday. Join in the fun. That sounds awesome. The Austin Eckler Foundation, congrats on that, man. That actually with the Santa Barbara High School, what you're doing for them is amazing. So that sounds really yes, great. Thank and, you. and we're excited to see yeah. more to come. And go Chargers, Absolutely. baby. Let's do it. Heck yeah, man. Let's go. I appreciate you guys. Of course, brother. Having your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. Awesome. Awesome interview. Great, great dude. Great dude. Uh, yeah, we had met, he met his PR guy down at Radio Row last year in Miami. and He hopped on and like, Pete, what's up? How are you? Long time no see. A lot, a lot has happened since uh, last year's Super Bowl, but Eckler was awesome. Uh, can't say enough good things. Uh, real go-getter, which is cool to see. Um, and really just driving home the point of more than an athlete and his actions, um, which we love here at the Charity Stripe. We also love at the Charity Stripe our other sponsor, Kansas City Steaks. I've never been to Kansas City, but I do love me some steak, and I'm going to go to Kansas City Steaks to get some with a new year come tons of new big games and sports. With big games, you need big steaks. Kansas City Steaks has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoff games and the big game Super Bowl. Call to action: Here we go! Visit KansasCityStakes.com/slash/GameDay and save up to twenty five dollars on combos perfect for game day. Plus, get free shabang with the code Believe B L E A V at checkout. Try our snack pack combo, the Nicky snack pack combo, featuring small plates, big flavor, mini beef Wellington steak burger. Sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp rack, bacon. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home, satisfaction guaranteed, or b- b- money back. What? Basically every cut of steak imaginable. If you don't like it, you it, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. You can get your money back again. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code believe BLEA, B L E A V at checkout for free Chipong. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. I was reading this. Uh, I wish that was off the cuff, but someone generously wrote it up for us. And I, you're not supposed to read the words call to action, but I did. Oh, radio. So fun. Uh, but not as fun as our interview with Austin Eckler. Looking forward to giving you guys many good shows in the future, but this was one that we, again, can't say enough, really adored. Um, so the fans out there, thanks for joining us. Drag both feet bounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why?